What's up, Warriors, and welcome to Warrior Life Podcast number 369. I am Buck Green sitting in for Jeff Anderson, and today we're going to talk about something that I forgot, according to Jeff. A couple of podcasts back, we did a podcast about five reasons that survivalists die, why preppers, the people who are supposed to be the most prepared for survival situations, sometimes make mistakes, and those mistakes sometimes are fatal in emergency or life-threatening situations. Well, Jeff listened to that podcast, and he said to me, Buck, you forgot one. And I said, I did? And we got to talking about that, and that is the topic of today's podcast. Are you ready? All right, then, let's talk survival clowns and the preppers who dress like them. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right, we're back. This is Buck Green sitting in for Jeff Anderson. Uh, Specifically, Jeff pointed out that one of the things that I didn't include in my Mistakes That Preppers Make podcast was one that we've covered before uh, in various ways, and, and that will become clear as we get into this podcast. I wasn't really thinking in terms of how people present themselves. I was thinking in terms of mistakes of thinking. But he had a very valid point, so I thought, why not devote a follow-up podcast the next time I sit in for Jeff to this very topic? And that's why I want to talk about survival clowns. Now, you may be thinking, Buck, that seems very uh, uh, intolerant of you, very, very judgy. But I can say this because I was a survival clown. I was the sort of person who didn't understand that uh, a lot of the tactical gear that is on the market is really just a a survival or tactical costume, something that you wear because you want to present yourself a certain way that it really isn't your real clothes. It's more like you're wearing a costume. And I know this because that was the term that was used when I went to a shooting class a number of years ago. I spent a few years just constantly blowing my money, well, I wouldn't say blowing my money, spending my money on tactical shooting classes. Back in the good old days when you could buy, you know, thousands of rounds of nine millimeter ammo and, and not have to go broke doing it or, you know, sell your children in order to find the ammo in the first place. Back when you, there was boxes of Wally World Winchester white box as far as the eye could see. Boxes of 522 rounds to practice with. Oh, those were the good old days. We had no idea how good we had it back then. But anyway, I used to go to these tactical shooting classes, and I I wore out a Glock 19 going to classes like that. I I did a lot of shooting. And one of those classes, uh, I showed up wearing uh, my tactical vest and my tactical pants and my combat boots and all my other accessories. uh, And... uh, Somebody somebody referred to it as my costume later on, and they had a very valid point. I had a moment where I looked around myself, and I realized that the other people, especially the other instructors, were not dressed as I was. They were dressed like normal people. Uh, one of the instructors was just wearing a hooded sweatshirt and some cargo pants, and that that outfit did everything that my very, very tactical outfit did. He didn't have my sweet airsoft tactical vest uh, with a, some sort of weird handle sticking out of the back, I guess, for hanging it up when you've got all your tactical gear on it. Uh, and to their credit, they were very tolerant of me. They, they, they didn't give me any grief. 
you know, nobody nobody pointed fingers and laughed at me. There may have been some snickering behind the scenes, but uh, uh, everybody was very nice. And I only found out these things later. And as I got older and more mature, I look back on that phase and I'm like, yeah, that was that was a costume. I was dressed like a survival clown, you know, where you're dressing. There's a meme where the guy slowly puts on clown makeup while he's trying to talk himself into something that's a bad decision. It was kind of like that, you know, like this is very important tactical stuff and I'm going to put it on and, you know, you're slowly putting on the clown makeup. Uh, a lot of us will go through that phase and um, I remember it should have occurred to me when one of the instructors, uh, there's a po point in the shooting class where you're supposed to be moving. You're supposed to be shooting and moving and repositioning yourself. Well, it's very easy to forget to move while you're focusing on the target. So I, I had sort of frozen in place. One of the instructors grabbed that handle on the back of my tactical vest and dragged me through the course, which I appreciated after the fact. But uh, uh, most of us who go through that sort of tactical clothing phase we get over it. I remember when I first got into martial arts in college, I must have rented every cheesy karate movie there was at the video rental store at the time. Um, and You know, you get over these sort of obsessive hobby phases and you achieve a more mature outlook on what it is you're doing. Uh, you stop becoming a survival clown. But there are a few people who are, they take a little longer to get past that phase than others. And while you're still in that phase, kind of like a guy who puts a gun bumper sticker on his truck inviting somebody to smash out the window looking for a handgun under the seat, when you dress like a survival clown, when you dress in a very overtly tactical way like you are a soldier when you're not one, then you are drawing a target on your back. You are telling anybody who sees you, that guy thinks in terms of tactical stuff. That guy clearly has tactical stuff that he owns, he probably has useful things that I can make use of. This is the foundation of why Jeff is always talking about when you're a prepper, when you have supplies and stockpiles, you don't talk about that fact. You don't let your neighbors and everyone, you know, anyone who's not in on your, you know, not part of your group, you don't let the world know that you have these things because you're basically just telling them, hey, I have stuff you might want to take from me when you get desperate. And the same is true of tactical stuff. There. I think it's the old Ben Affleck movie Reindeer Games, uh, which is not a particularly good movie, but I want to say it's a Shane Black screenplay, and Shane Black wrote, like, Lethal Weapon, and, and Shane Black is... He is incapable of setting a movie not at Christmas time. I don't know what horrible thing happened to Shane Black during the Christmas season, but he keeps writing movies, action movies, where horrible things happen. Uh, keeps setting them at Christmas time. But anyway, in Reindeer Games, Ben Affleck is... Essentially, he's been taken hostage by these people who want to knock over a casino dressed as Santa Clauses, and uh, he's trying to figure out how to arm himself while he's being held captive, and he's able to briefly escape his hotel room and search the parking lot. Well, what does he do? He finds a truck with a, it's like an NRA or a gun bumper sticker on it, and he goes for that truck specifically, and he searches the truck, and he finds a, I think it's like a really nice Microtech switchblade that he takes back with himself, and that becomes a plot point. Well, yes, that's a movie, that's fiction, but it's a very valid point. If you were in the same situation, you would be well served to search the vehicles with gun bumper stickers for weapons, because we like to express our affection for our hobbies. We like to wear, you know, clothing with, with gun logos on it. We like to do these things that tell the world what we're into and what we're about. And unfortunately, you cannot afford to do that 
The more you do it, the more obviously you do it, the more you become a survival clown. You are painting a target on your face that says, I have things that you, the desperate predator, might want. So how do we avoid dressing like a survival clown? How do we sort of take care of this final category of mistakes that preppers make while they're very well-intentioned? Uh, mistakes, all of which I've made, by the way. <laughs> As a younger man, I was not aware of any of these things, and especially when I was in my early 20s, gosh, the people around me were really tolerant to put up with me because I, I was really obnoxious about this stuff. Um, there are things that you should avoid and things you can substitute to be less obviously a survival guy. Don't walk around dressed like a soldier. Don't walk around dressed like a tactical clown, like a survival clown. And and let's talk about each of those five things because they're important and they will make you a better quote-unquote gray man. They will help you blend in better and avoid drawing attention to yourself. I'm not saying you have to obsessively avoid ever expressing affection for your hobbies. Uh, some of the best friends I've had were people that I mentioned my interest in certain topics like martial arts and survival, and, and you know we ended up building a friendship on that basis. So I'm not saying never, ever speak of it, never breathe a word of it. I'm saying use your judgment and be careful, and especially be careful to what you project out into the world in terms of your physical appearance because people will judge you based on how you're dressed, good and bad, and in terms of strategy and tactics. You don't want to be giving away information about yourself. There's that meme floating around right now about the the, the rally that was held in Washington recently that was supposed to be for justice for January 6th, and the meme that came out of that rally was of all these guys dressed almost identically <laughs> with the same identical bulges in their, their denim shorts that were probably handguns because those guys were probably government agents. You know, you can be a tactical clown without wearing the types of clothing we're about to talk about next because context is everything. And those guys, boy, they couldn't obviously be more government agents than they were. But keep in mind as you go about your day-to-day -day life, these are the five things you should think about in terms of your clothing so that you're not giving yourself away as a survival-minded, tactically-oriented person. Uh, number one, this is absolutely, I would say, one of the biggest ones because we all wake up and wear pants, those of us with, you know, those of us who wear pants. <laughs> Tactical pants are a big one. Uh, nothing will give you away faster than if your entire wardrobe is is tactical pants from here to there. Uh, and I've done this. I've been this guy. I had just a, a wardrobe of 511 tactical pants at one point. Um, people instantly recognize them for what they are. I got profiled on my way into the state fair once where they decided I needed special scrutiny because I clearly probably had a, a knife that I shouldn't have had going through the security checkpoint. And they were right. I did have a knife because I was wearing tactical pants. Um, a better option is just ordinary cargo pants. Uh, obviously, you could buy nice cargo pants. They don't have to be the $20 Walmart cargo pants that I wear. That <laughs> They're fine for what you get, but they're not real durable. I actually had a pantaloon blowout one time where I went to climb into a truck, and my pants split. <laughs> like the leg of my Walmart cargo pants blew out. So consider the quality of what you're buying so that you don't have a, a pantal rupture when you're doing something important. If I hadn't had a friend who could go into the Walmart and buy me a replacement pair of pants, I don't know what I would have done. I guess I would have just kind of closed, pinned it together, and brazened it out. Um, when, you're, when you're considering uh, tactical pant alternatives, cargo pants are one thing. 
Carpenter's pants are another. These are usually pretty sturdy. They have that loop for the hammer. People who look at you in carpenter's pants will typically understand that that's what they are. They're not going to mistake them for uh, cargo pants. Um, there's a company called Delta 2 Alpha that makes a, it's kind of like a modern interpretation of the old um, Chuck Norris action jeans, which were jeans with a special gusseted crotch area so that you had freedom of movement with your legs. You know, if you're Chuck Norris, you want to be able to kick people in the face. Um, well, Delta 2 Alpha puts out a product called Straight Shooter Jeans, I believe they're called, and it's kind of the same concept. It's a modern, tactical, covert pair of jeans uh, with a lot of extra features, but they're not obviously tactical when you look at them. So consider your options when it comes to pants, and don't walk out of the house looking like you just dressed in the back of a SWAT truck. Um, you've got to stop and think about what you're giving away. You, I understand why you want those tactical pants. They have great features. But I'm saying you can get similar features in a less obvious package. Okay, number two would be not... You either make this mistake or you don't. Like Some people are tactical vest people. Some guys like themselves a vest. And I've been this guy, I know. Um, I walked around New York City wearing a 5.11 tactical vest for the three days that I was visiting several years ago. In retrospect, I shouldn't have because I was giving myself away the whole time. I really enjoyed all the pockets that vest had, but the fact is, uh, whether it's a 5.11 tactical vest or even the old photographer's vest that we all used to wear for, for close quarters uh, weapon, or close quarters, CCW, you know, concealed carry weapon, um, we're always looking for ways to cover the gun that make us less warm. <laughs> but unfortunately... The, the photographer's vest, especially if it's a little too warm for the vest, is a dead giveaway. The tactical vest is definitely a dead giveaway. I was in a Bass Pro Shops once, and I saw a guy wearing a photographer's vest that was visibly sagging on one side because his gun was clearly in the pocket. And he was sweating because... It was too hot, but he couldn't take the vest off because his gun was in there. And I've seen people who couldn't take their cover garment off because it was covering a gun. And you could tell they were uncomfortable. So consider uh, your outerwear carefully when it comes to whether or not it's a dead giveaway or not. Any kind of photographer's vest, really any kind of vest, is almost a dead giveaway unless the vest is what's currently in fashion. So like those sporty fleece vests and things like that. Uh, I don't recall what the brand names are. I never. I'm I'm cheap, and I don't buy brand name clothing anyway. I I, I buy big box specials. But there are these. Uh, you can look at what's being worn by the normal folks out there, and dress to match them. And there, you know, there's fleece vests and other types of vests that people wear. You know, that that look like a like a sweatshirt with no arms, things like that. Consider that. Consider hoodies. Consider things that are a little more universal that won't give you away. Um, the, it's just better to blend in. And yeah, I understand what you're going for, but in some cases, so does everybody else. So please don't don't give yourself away. I was in a in a rest stop off the highway once uh, that one of those big rest stop complexes that has a restaurant and shops and things like that. And I look up and I see a guy wearing a vest. He was wearing it's like the vest from a suit, you know, like a nice. Uh, some people will wear like the vest from a three-piece suit, but just the vest. And and you can usually spot that type of vest because the back is glossy, um, I guess, for freedom of movement. Anyway, the reason I noticed this guy was because his vest had ridden up in the back and he had a fixed blade knife on his belt 
most of which was in his back pocket, so the handle was accessible by reaching around on his strong side. And the vest would have covered the handle of the knife, but the, the vest had ridden up and gotten stuck behind the handle, so his fixed blade knife was visible for everybody to see. I don't know who that guy was, or if he was a trucker, or if he was just some guy passing through who likes him a fixed blade in his back pocket, but uh, anytime I see a guy in a vest now, I immediately start looking for, for anything that is uh, uh, printing to see if maybe the vest is purely there for concealment of a weapon. Understand that there are going to be people around you who anytime you wear a vest, that's what they're looking for. Uh, just keep it in mind. Okay, number three is what's on your feet. Um, I went through a boot phase. Uh, it started with engineer's boots when I was in college. And, you know, I used to wear engineer's boots and a leather jacket. I don't know. I guess I thought I was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2 or something. But uh, uh, then I moved on to combat boots. And combat boots can be extremely uncomfortable. I know some people like them. They're a very functional boot. They're certainly very tough. But you wear a pair of combat boots on your feet, you're just screaming, I am a tactical person to anybody who sees you. Um, there's a lot of better options, modern options, that don't scream tactical. Uh, and actually, there's a lot of shoe choices that are just more comfortable for your feet, more breathable, too. Um, modern hiking boots, uh, th there's so many on the market, and lots of people wear them, so you'll blend right in. Uh, another thing you could consider, especially if you're thinking about bugging out over long distances, are orthopedic shoes. I bought a pair of orthopedic shoes because I'm old uh, and my feet hurt if I stand too long. Uh, but these are shoes that are just designed for orthopedic comfort. There's a number of different websites that sell them. I got mine from something called orthofeet.com. Uh, but you, you, they're not a sponsor or anything. I'm not advertising for them. That's just where I got my shoes. But they're really comfortable and they look like ordinary shoes. There's nothing special about them. You'd never notice them if they were on my feet. Uh, but they're super comfortable and you could walk long distances in these and that's really what you're looking for. So uh, consider all of those options before strapping a pair of, you know, Vietnam era military surplus jungle boots to your feet because honestly, your feet deserve better. All right, uh, number four, visible weapons. Um, now, this really specifically refers to bugging out and stuff. Most of us are not walking around with weapons out where people can see them unless you live someplace where open carry is common and legal. Uh, and I know there's a huge debate about open carry. I'm not here to have that debate. I'm just saying if you have a weapon that's visible, you are making yourself a target. People will see that. People will notice it. And yes, you might be thinking, well, I'm clearly armed, so they're going to know they can't mess with me because I'm armed. And that's true. But uh, every cop who's ever walked into any kind of altercation, everybody knows the cop is armed. Well, the, the gun on that cop's belt is also a target. People will attack police and take their guns knowing that, hey, I've got to stop him before he can get to it. It happens. So when you're just Joe Civilian and you happen to have a rifle slung over your shoulder, uh, especially in some sort of a, a survival collapse type of situation where the rule of law is a little optional, you don't want to tell the world you've got something on you that they could use. And there's a number of ways to work around that. There's the old chair bag trick if you have a rifle with a folding stock or that is short enough to fit in there. Obviously, a handgun you can conceal. Um, I know Jeff has talked about the way he wears his machete, uh, and the man is all about machetes for good reason. 
Um, I have uh, several versions of our of the machete, the the Guardian machete that that we put out, and uh, they are among my favorite blades. But I know Jeff wears his machete in a way that keeps it accessible but concealed by the components of his bug out bag, so that it's not obvious that he's got it. And uh, that is a great way to make sure that you're not screaming, "Hey, I'm armed!" to the world in a way that paints a target on your back. But that brings me to number five because it refers specifically to that XBOB evac system that Warrior Life designed back when we were Modern Combat and Survival and that we updated recently. The the XBOB evac system is a great bug out bag system. It's roomy, it's got great features, but most importantly, it does not look like a military backpack. People buy military backpacks uh, because they are functional, because they have lots of cool features, and yes, because they look cool. I uh, once, I was flying to Texas back when Jeff was based in Texas because I was headed for a business meeting for our company. And I was using a military backpack, a military style backpack that I had. It was camouflage and covered in molly straps. And uh, I, I used that backpack specifically because it fit nicely inside the size envelope that I was told I could have as a carry-on. I didn't think anything of it until I was standing there. You know, it was winter and I'm wearing my, my surplus pea coat that I got and my head is, well, I'm bald, so my head was shaved and I've got that military backpack and some dude came up and wanted to thank me for my service. And I'm like, no, 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 it's just a backpack. I'm just bald. I have never been in the military. Please do not thank me for service I didn't do. Uh, and I, I got to thinking about that later, about what a dead giveaway that, that backpack was. Well, you don't want any sort of a military backpack that screams, I'm a tactical person. Think about how big a backpack is. You can see it from a long way off. That's like a beacon. You, somebody sees you carrying that military-style camouflage backpack, and they're going to home right in on you. It's a much better choice to go with something like the, the navy blue X-Bob evac system that we sell. Not only because it's a great bag. I have one myself. But because it doesn't look tactical. It doesn't scream, hey, come get me. Now, yes, to a certain extent, anyone carrying anything could be targeted by really desperate people. But the more military, the more tactical you look, the greater the chance you are dressed like a tactical survival clown. And that's what we're trying to avoid. Okay, let's do a quick review. I talked about uh, how I myself, Buck Green, was once a survival clown, uh, a tactical clown of the highest order. <laughs> And the categories of clothing where you should reconsider really overtly military style or tactically styled clothing are your pants, any kind of a vest used as a concealing garment, uh, your footwear, including combat boots, uh, four, any kind of visible weapons you might be toting around, and finally five, your backpack, any kind of pack you carry should not look like something that makes you a soldier. All right, that's going to about do it for podcast 369. Thank you for joining me. I am Buck Green in for Jeff Anderson. Until next time, prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive. Survive.